This is Movies on TV Podcast Industries with our spoiler-filled discussion of Guardians of the Galaxy, the holiday special. Drax, do you love Peter and want to save Christmas? Or do you want a little funny man? Uh, A little funny man? No! Welcome back, fellow defenders. Happy holidays, I guess. Um, little, I guess. Uh, it feels a little early for it, though. <laughs> a little uh, tad early. Especially because we don't have Thanksgiving over here. Um, this is this get out one day after Thanksgiving. Uh, so uh, it, it feels early, but this is uh, the annual presentation from Marvel for Christmas and for the holidays. Um, following one year on from the release of of Hawkeye, right? The first episode of Hawkeye came out uh, the day after Thanksgiving last year. So, uh, so oh, yeah. I guess they're going to be doing this every year from now on. Uh, but anyway, this is TV Podcast Industries. We are talking about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. And I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hello there, fellow Defenders. Uh, welcome to the Defenders podcast on TV Podcast Industries. Right. I am one of your other hosts, John. I didn't know where this sits, ho, whether, ho, it's, ho. whether it's movies or Defenders and TV Podcast Industries, but it sits everywhere, really. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> and we are joined once again by our very special guest. Ah, no, he's our <laughs> other co-host. <laughs> welcome back, Chris. Oh, I've been relegated to special <laughs> guests. There we go. I was trying to find when was the last regular episode you were on, and I think it was toward the end of She-Hulk, which is almost two months ago. We had we did do one uh, final episode wrap-up of She-Hulk and a final episode yes. uh, which wrapped up uh, Umbrella Academy, weirdly, and uh, and the last special presentation, which was uh, Werewolf by Night. So we have had you on recently. I just missed your season of Pennyworth. Like, that's it. Like And Rings of Power, Chris. That's uh, fair. But we, we don't count that because one is Tolkien and that goes on forever anyway. Well, it hopefully will. Five seasons. Five <laughs> seasons. Uh, just the first one. But okay. we are here to talk about um, the holiday special. We are we are getting in holiday mood. Uh, before we get into our, our thoughts about it and, and the details about it, um, I will say, firstly, I, I mentioned this earlier on, it, it does feel very early. This feels like something you should be watching with your Christmas lights on. Yes. And I don't have them on before December. <laughs> no, there are a few houses around mm-hmm. and about that have got lights up. So I guess for some, it wouldn't be too early. But yep. um, yeah, it felt a little early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is still November. It, 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 is, <laughs> exactly. it is Thanksgiving. We have done. We have not even done Black Friday. and so, Well, it was Black Friday. We haven't even done Cyber Monday. Yeah. It, it's just, that is, we will get into it later. But like, that is my biggest... I was like, huh, watching this last night, I was like, I'm not in the holiday mood. I'm I, am I know, exactly, <laughs> exactly. If, if, if this was the Christmas Eve drop, uh-huh. then I think this is, oh my God, this is the most Christmassy Christmases of all Christmassy yeah, type exactly. events. I think it's just, maybe if we rewatch it closer to December or when we do an annual watch next year, it along seemed, with the secondary. Exactly. It does seem a bit like someone in Marvel um, isn't entirely sure when the holidays take place, whether it's Halloween <laughs> or, dare I say it, Christmas. I know it says holiday special. I know there's Thanksgiving, but it was all about Christmas. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. yeah, it should have been a little closer to Christmas. I guess they need Craglin's universal calendar. Um, maybe they've just got it set wrong. That's probably what it is. Although, in fairness, uh, last night in Ireland was the late, late toy show, which is the traditional start of the Christmas season for lots of parents. We're not parents. That's true. That's part of it. Um, I know HBO Max have released their uh, Christmas Story Christmas, which is their Christmas movie. Um, And there's another, I think iTunes or Apple, Apple. TV has released their Christmas movie with uh, with Will Ferrell um, and Ryan Reynolds. So uh, I guess it's just getting earlier every year and they start the season with yeah, these Christmas movies. Brutal. So uh, people will watch them over the whole season. But anyway, let's get into our discussion about the uh, about the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, we do cover loads and loads of movies and TV shows. Uh, check it out on TV Podcast Industries. Pop over to the website at tvpodcastindustries.com or just search for TV Podcast Industries on any festive or humbug supporting a podcast player i guess, I guess so i guess so uh, you can also email us to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com or pop on over to our facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash tv podcast industries and you can join us over there and, and uh, follow along with everything that we're covering on tv podcast industries grand so derek what are some of the holiday special episode details well once again with the guardians of the galaxy it's very easy 
this was written and directed by James Gunn, uh, writer and director of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and 2. And of course, Slither, which we talked about yes. extensively on our coverage of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, he directed The Suicide Squad, the excellent sequel to the other Suicide Squad movie, uh, <laughs> and he directed the spin-off of uh, of this uh, the Suicide Squad, Peacemaker, which was great fun as well. Uh, much more adult um, than anything he's done in the Marvel uh, realm for and both of those is, movies, actually. <laughs> and now he is co CEO of DC. That is the true. DC animated extended all uh, aspects of their entertainment universe. So yes. translating the comic books into movies, games. Uh, animated films, short films, TV shows. He's co co creative CEO, or is it just co CEO? I can't remember the title. Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to check it up. He's basically yeah. going to be half a Kevin Feige for DC. Yeah, exactly. That's the plan. Which which will lead me to a bigger question later on about will we see a James Gunn Marvel property in the future? Because I'm not sure how that contract works. Uh, but we'll see. Well, we will definitely see one more because. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is coming out on May 5th, 2023. True. So yes. there you go. So there is there is one more in the bag. Um, um, and Kevin Feige has has given huge um, congratulations to him on getting this role in DC, kind of uh, gui- being the guiding hand for DC in the future. Yeah. Um, so. And of course, that's probably why he's a co-creative director yeah. or director, I guess. Yeah, it could be. He's, yeah. he's like, he's 50-50. It's half rice, half chips. Yeah. Oh, isn't that, oh. Well, that's what that's a thing over here. It, it is. Yeah. But you need I don't curry, normally get it You need now. the curry sauce to make it good. Yes. You need yeah. a three-in-one. A two-in-one is just carbs. That's the job of the other co-chair of, <laughs> of DC <laughs> then, I guess. Anyway, one final thing to call out. Just weirdly, because we didn't mention it last time, I always like to remind people that James Gunn was the writer of the excellent Dawn of the Dead remake uh, directed by Zack Snyder. So um, really good to call that out because it is one of his first big jobs and was absolutely brilliant. Really, really took an iconic movie and uh, made it live again for uh, for a new generation of fans so uh, what James Gunn's very good at doing yes definitely but John do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special sure on nowhere Kraglin tells Mantis Nebula and Drax about how Yondu ruined Christmas for Peter Quill as Peter is still upset about the loss of Gamora Mantis and Drax form a plan to make this the best Christmas ever They travel to Earth to get the best present ever, Kevin Bacon. But after kidnapping him, they realise he's just an actor, and Mantis controls his mind to make him better. Peter Quill is overjoyed by the Christmas decorations the Guardians have set up for him, but when his big present is revealed, he angrily tells Mantis to free Kevin Bacon and bring him back home. The terrified actor is about to return to Earth on the Bowie, But when Kraglin reveals how important Christmas is to Peter, Bacon decides to save it for him and join the party. Mantis explains that she wanted to do something nice for Star-Lord because he's her brother. (gasps) This is all Peter really needed, and he reveals that Yondu at heart was a softie who loved Christmas, even gifting him with his signature guns. The Guardians of the Galaxy join together to celebrate the festival and exchange gifts, before returning Kevin Bacon back home to his family. Very straightforward story. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it, yeah, it is. It's a simple e- enough story. Yeah. Kidnapping at Christmas. Absolutely. Um, the present not as expected yeah. by both kidnappers or uh, the uh, recipient of the gift. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, I guess the big thing for me was, you know, kind of actually the penny dropping <laughs> that Mantis... Um, is Quill's brother actually? Yes, and did you hear the little controversy about this? No, uh, this week because oh, it's it's the controversy on everything. I heard this. This is brilliant, but this controversy on anything. Absolutely, <laughs> and on the legends, uh, which usually come out before uh, any of these shows and movies are released. Uh, the legends version of uh, of Guardians of the Galaxy dropped two days, three days before uh, this was released. Uh, sharing that big spoiler that Mantis is the sister <laughs> of Peter Quill in just a line of dialogue and all the people that watched these little five minute quick shorts were like 
wait a second, do we know that? And when did we hear that before? <laughs> and then they've taken them off air on Disney+. Plus. So, uh, oops. <laughs> Sorry, editing guy uh, who uh, clearly didn't realise uh, that he shouldn't have been sharing that uh, with other people. Uh, do want to call out the cast for this. Uh, this was made around the same time as Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Obviously, a much bigger production on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Lots of work to do to get that out in, into cinemas. Uh, but the whole cast returns here. We've got Dave Bautista uh, starring as Drax the Destroyer. Palm Clementiaf, of course, starring as Mantis. Sean Gunn as Kraglin. Kevin Kevin Bacon, of course, starring as himself. Mm, <laughs> Chris Pratt as Peter Quill. Cosmo is played by Maria Barkalova. Um, Bradley Cooper returning as Rocket Raccoon. Vin Diesel as Groot. I don't know whether he just recorded all this stuff 20 years ago and they're just, uh, or 10 years ago and they're just uh, <laughs> turning it up and down uh, or not. But uh, once again, uh, Karen Gillan returning as Nebula as well in a great role, uh, which, I, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um, and Michael Rooker. Finding space for him once again, as Yondu. Uh, wasn't the last time we saw him uh, shouting that he was Mary Poppins in uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume, uh, volume 2. That's true. Uh, no. And of course he was in What If, playing the role as well. But uh, but back again, they found a way to squeeze him into the Christmas special. Yeah, and Good no job, Gamora. Mm. No Gamora, of course, uh, but at least mentioned uh, in yes. the story. Let's get into our top points about the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Let's start off with a little flashback uh, to Yondu at the beginning of the episode. I thought this worked really well uh, for me. Um, a nice nod to the Star Wars uh, holiday special uh, from the 70s. The animation seemed quite similar to that. We've seen great yeah. Disney animation for the Marvel shows uh, with What If and uh, with all the all the other animated shows they do, but this seemed really like a nod to oh, yeah. the 70s uh, animation. Yeah, no, 100%. Uh, and I will call out. Did we? Did you see the the cameo in, in the non animated section of a certain life um, or a life day Star Wars special cast member? No, Chris, I didn't. So we have Mark Hamill does a prosthetic driven cameo as a nod back as well he's not named but he has confirmed it has been confirmed on social media that he was there that that shot of a guy just looking like homeless and drinking okay um was mark hamill and essentially it was like hey do you want to be in a christmas thing and he was like oh i've done those before they do not work out well for me <laughs> and then it was just like no no come on we'll put you in no one will ever know it's you come and have fun at christmas so he did he literally again they were trying to bring in all these nods to the 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 star wars holiday special yeah yeah they knew they knew where they're aiming and they were really hoping they wouldn't be as bad as the awful holiday special for star wars yeah. so uh, so a nice way to start it off I, I i must admit though the minute it opened on the on the slightly badly drawn ship i was going oh no actually maybe they've really pulled the wool over everybody's eyes and there's going to be five minutes of live action and the whole episode is going to be this animated uh, element of the story. So glad they didn't do that. Glad it was just a little nod, a little short, uh, a bit at the start and a bit at the end. Uh, so it was fun, but at least it didn't outstay its welcome. I, I did worry that someone uploaded the wrong one. <laughs> I, I literally was like, oh my God, did they upload like, uh, a, like a pre-viz and... It just, everyone's just accepted it thinking that's the thing. <laughs> Again, for a couple of seconds until it kicks in, you're yeah. just like, oh, I see what you're doing. Okay, now I get it. Ha, ha, ha. This is the Ravager ship on a budget, basically. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but what we get in the story is effectively that uh, Peter was a big fan of Christmas, obviously taken from his home at a, as a young kid, uh, realizes this is around Christmas and tells Craglin all about it. Uh, they make a Christmas tree. He puts together some gifts and Yondu's really annoyed at the idea of it. I love Yondu's reasoning, uh, which is that Ravagers work for everything they get so they don't accept any kind of gifts. Uh, that's that's not the easy way to get through life, basically. So, uh, and kicks over the Christmas tree, uh, thus propelling our story from here on, as Craglin tells this to uh, the rest of our Guardians, um, that this is the reason why Peter has never had a good Christmas since he was taken from Earth. Yes, exactly. And <laughs> as you say, I guess moving on to our next point, it, it propels... Uh, Mantis and Drax to formulate this plan to try and just reignite the Christmas spirit mm -hmm. um, for for Peter uh, this Christmas because yeah. we see Peter sort of being very busy on nowhere and um, sort of being forced to listen to a Christmas tune um, that the mm -hmm. guys are using primitive human instruments that <laughs> seem to be masterful with them uh, but Mantis and Drax ultimately um take off to 
Earth in order to find, of course, Kevin Bacon, who saved an entire town through dancing. Absolutely, like Peter saved a universe, uh, the galaxy, of course. Through dancing. Uh, through dancing. Uh, we should really quite, quickly talk about the music. What did you think of this opening um, Christmas tune from the uh, old 97s? I loved them. I, yeah, I, 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 I loved the old 97s since Slither. Right. Um, yeah. they, they were one of the main the main songs. I think they were the the, the main one of the main songs at the credits anyway. Right. Uh, for uh, James Gunn Slither, and I think he always slips something that they do into one of his films. And they're like his house band. Yeah. 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 Um, I did think for a second it like it took me a second to figure out who it was. And I'm not gonna lie, I'm gonna have to. I did look it up. Oh yeah. Um, because I was like, oh, do you imagine they've they've done this and it's like Weezer or <laughs> like they've done it like it was like Fall Out Boy and everyone's just under heavy prosthetic makeup uh-huh. and it was gonna be a nod at the end. Um, but no, it's the 97s. And, well, yeah. I'm I must say I'm glad they didn't have the Smashing Pumpkins on for their Christmas tune as well. <laughs> although I did enjoy the Smashing Pumpkins Christmas tune. It's um, it, it's in the soundtrack and you can hear it in the background, but it's just those strains of Billy Corgan uh, <laughs> exactly. singing Christmas time toys for all the ki- children that has always made me laugh, and it's just a weird song to have at a pivotal point in this in this movie. Exactly, as well, but, dare I uh, say it? So much snow at Christmas. Can you be depressed by listening to Christmas stuff? Yes, you can. Because it's Smashing Pumpkins. <laughs> yeah, lots, lots of obscure uh, indie and alternative music, uh, alternative bands uh, singing in there. We had, obviously, as you mentioned, Smashing Pumpkins, but we also had Fountains and Wayne in there uh, as well, doing uh, another one of their Christmas and of, tunes. And, of uh, course, it opened up with Fairy Tale of New York. Absolutely. Irish Connection right from the beginning. Oh, God. I think most people enjoy that, but mm-hmm. when you're Irish, you hear that every night, <laughs> over from starting around now up yeah. until end of Christmas, until yeah. like January, everyone goes back. It is it played is every nightclub, every, every bar plays it, mm-hmm. every radio plays it at least like a hundred times that that day. Yeah, it just goes on and on and on and on and on. Well, it's just because it's it's that alternative tune. That's why people gravitate toward it. It's not about um, you know how beautiful it is outside with snow. It isn't about how wonderful it is that Santa's coming. It's about a couple fighting and a guy ending off in the drunk tank on on Christmas Eve. Like that's you know that's why people seem to uh, associate with it quite a lot more. And I can see why it fits the uh, the theme of what James Gunn is doing in the music. He's obviously very well known for his musical styling throughout all these movies so uh, picking out all these alternative tunes is, uh, there's a couple of great songs in there uh, for Christmas though probably the ones that I would generally choose as opposed to uh, the the old standards uh, so I do I, I'm not say, a Cliff Richard fan then I am 100% not a Cliff Richard fan uh, apparently he's releasing another one Oh my oh, God! Yeah. Quick, head to, head to the panic room. Oh, no, it's <laughs> panic like, room. It's, it's, panic it's like room. he wants a, a Christmas single for every oh, decade of his life. Oh, uh, I think he's so... on his fifth or sixth. Happily, for a lot of Americans, they don't remember Cliff Richard. Uh, they, yeah. yeah, he was. You lucky, yeah. lucky thing. He was a knockoff of Elvis in the sixties, uh, uh, and that's all they remember him for. He's, so. Well, he's known for yeah <laughs> Christmas singles at this stage and attending Wimbledon. Yeah. Um, and I oh, guess wait. never aging. I mean. I don't know how long he's been around for at this mm. stage, but he must be at least 293. Yeah. And he has that summer holiday, we're all going on a <laughs> oh, summer stop. holiday. And it's like him uh, on a double-decker bus going down go. to like some like, <laughs> beach in Brighton. In like That looks like it was like it's in a pro, kind yeah. of post-communist world in Russia. <laughs> and you're like looking at it going... Oh, the grey. It's so beautiful. It's summer <laughs> exactly. holidays. Chris, that wasn't even the video for a song. That was an actual entire film. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, if you've been by any of the issues <laughs> that we've talked about on the podcast, please know that there is help. Yeah, so, <laughs> Lots of help for Cliff Richards. So maybe judging on those standards, the, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special is the best uh, holiday yes. relations um, uh, movie ever made if it was just up against uh, the uh, summer holiday of Cliff Richard. Yeah. But back on, back on, uh, on topic, back on point number two, <laughs> the mission to Earth to collect um, Kevin Bacon. Of course, coming from the misunderstanding, we mentioned in our Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 review that these two characters themselves, Mantis and Drax, were real standouts. Um, there were lots of very serious stories going along with all the rest of the characters in that movie, and we, we were talking about it only because I listened to it this week that I remember this. It's five years ago, amazingly. Oh um, wow. But 
we talked about the fact that these two characters merge together work really well yeah. because you've got the yeah. real innocence of Mantis who's very friendly with it and you've got the real innocence of Drax who's very violent with it and merging the two of them together and allowing them to kind of explore un- unknown situations works really well so who better to have together to travel to Earth on their own they've been there before for Infinity War we, I think they left quite quickly afterwards um, but this is the two of them on their own in Hollywood not understanding what's going on and your first uh, the first section of them um, kind of being fish out of water that we have here where they're walking down the boulevard and seeing people dressed up as the Avengers like we have uh, in, in our regular world uh, I thought was great fun so we have uh, Mattis and, and uh, Drax seeing Ant-Man we have uh, Mattis thinking that Steve Rogers is right there because someone's dressed as Captain America and she jumps on him <laughs> until he screams and runs away and then we have a very odd cameo in here from a GoBot called Cycle do you guys remember the GoBots? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So weirdly, what makes it even weirder is Marvel owned the rights to Transformers comics. And that was one of the reasons why Transformers were so popular back in the 80s and 90s, because Marvel were publishing comics to Transformers. And the GoBots comics were on a completely different publishing platform. They're on IDW. And their rights are not within Disney or not within Marvel at all. Yet they've effectively incorporate them in the universe we hear mantis calling out that a gobot killed drax's cousin <laughs> so <laughs> um, so what a weird little cameo in there is it because they don't know the rights to transformers anymore the film rights they own the comic book rights they don't own the film rights to the transformers maybe but why do they mention gobots where they have even less rights to them well who knows there must be rights somewhere <laughs> they're over in bandai nothing to do oh, with marvel yeah, and, bandai, and uh, yeah. Well, 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 to be fair, it was a good joke. What? Because it, was. it was. So I was like, you what now? Like, okay, I cool. recognize him. So, That's Psycho. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, more than GoBots are now an alien species that can turn up in, like, basically Secret War, which is coming in three years, yeah, maybe, four yeah. years. They can end up, we could have literally a GoBot animated in the background. It's going to be amazing. Well, uh, but also. <laughs> you say amazing, will. Chris. <laughs> It'll be weird. Yes. You like weird. <laughs> I like weird. It's fair, uh, but I think that's the fun part of it. Like they're they're sl- with all of these little things. Like you're you're getting a, a a larger picture of the overall MCU, and it's kind of weird weirdness, which yeah. is fun. I yeah. think that that's the fun part of it. Maybe there's GoBots then in Volume Three, Maybe. and that's why <laughs> oh um, the GoBot was there. Uh, but the- certainly, I I loved how then. Just they were getting snapped. I love the one where effectively Drax is down beating the GoBot, um, <laughs> and they're getting all this money yeah. as well. Yeah. And I love, um, I can't uh, deny it. I love the fact that with all this money, um, you know, with great amounts of money and responsibility came great irresponsibility by going straight to a bar to drink it all. And mm-hmm. I loved that it was. A gay bar. Uh-huh. I loved that uh, beefcake Drax uh, effectively getting hit upon uh-huh. by another beefcake. Come dance um, with us. So <laughs> it was absolutely uh, really good. Love this little sequence. Absolutely. And I have to say, there's a, a moment with uh, with Pom Klementiev where she uh, gets her first shot and licks it like oh, a kitten. Yeah. And yeah. then likes the taste, throws it back, and then you see her breathing steam out of her mouth. <laughs> yeah. And then realizes how much she likes it and gets herself some more. But, uh, yeah. but yes, they waste every single penny that they got from cosplaying uh, on a lot of alcohol. <laughs> yes. And, and then have, then Mantis has to use her, her powers so that they can get the map to the stars mm-hmm. for free off the woman. $40, though, for a map. Well, oh, my yeah. God. But it's a real map. It's expensive. Yeah. But it doesn't actually show where the the stars houses are well in this case it does it, it shows <laughs> it you shows imagine that yeah because yeah. <laughs> we, we get we get the uh the traditional like um raiders of the lost ark or indiana jones type traveling on this map of the stars um, as they're searching for the house of kevin bacon uh, but we also see a few other um stars houses on there we see mark uh, john cena of course uh star of uh, of peacemaker um we see uh, margot robbie yeah uh, star of suicide squad on there we see uh, queen latifah uh, interestingly, uh, we also see Arnold Schwarzenegger's house. I'll be back. Yes, and uh, finally, weirdly, Mark Paul Gosler from uh, Saved by the Bell. Yeah, uh, his home was on there as well. Although that took a long time to recognise. Mm-hmm. My goodness, he um, hasn't aged well. That was a photograph of him from the nineties, John. 
Well, it didn't look like it. It certainly okay. seemed uh, as though he had aged dreadfully. <laughs> right. <laughs> Compared to when I remember uh, looking uh, at him on uh, Saved by the Bell. Right. Well, maybe we've got it wrong then. Uh, maybe we should go back and check and see if it is Mark Paul Gosley. Because the only reason I can think that he's on there is maybe he has uh, an appearance in an upcoming uh, James Gunn project. <laughs> Possibly. Because <laughs> it is a weird person to have on there. Uh, but it does lead them to the home of Kevin Bacon for uh, for a lot of fun um, with uh, with Mattis and Drax not really understanding that someone wouldn't want to be kidnapped from their home yes, <laughs> on Christmas or Eve pested, or pestered, I guess. Eve. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The one part with this, I, I, I am now kind of happy and upset about the fact that they find some of these actors and they've seen their, they've had their image of some form on this. Is say with Kevin Bacon, it kind of stops Kevin Bacon doing a role in the future. In my view, because it's kind of like he's now shared his face. Unless he's going to lend his voice or kind of go under prosthetics of some kind of makeup. He's like, that's the only way they can get back in. So you're not going to get like um, Kevin Bacon as like Nova or an older Nova. Mm. You're not going to get that or anything. It's just I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. But he's had his that. time, and he's had his time in uh, in uh, Marvel. He's already been in X Men, so uh, he was the yes. villain in one of the X Men movies, wasn't he? He was. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I guess they can still yeah. have Kevin yeah. Bacon. I think I think they're probably getting less restrictive on that at Marvel because they've gone yeah. and done so many movies with so many massive casts that you're. It's, it's likely that you might see someone back uh, that has had an appearance before if a role suits them. I also, remember we're getting Mahershala Ali back, uh, who did one of the greatest roles in the cage back in the role of Blade in the future. So, uh, well, yeah. so well, we're, are we? Are we? Because well, that film's still on the schedule. <laughs> that's true. Um, but the thing I noticed there was also again quite a lot of reference to uh, Batman. <laughs> there was a, well, that's not a lot, but there were a few references to Batman as well. I wonder if they're trying to sort of undermine him in the MCU because <laughs> it's the best DC property. Well, like, that basically comes from the big joke after they have kidnapped uh, Kevin Bacon and uh, he they realize he's an actor and Mantis tries to make him into a real hero and he reveal he 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 firstly tries uh, being a real war hero uh, yeah. with his British accent and then puts on his uh, Batman accent and says, I'm Batman. And uh, with the reaction from Drax going, who? <laughs> like, I'm Bruce Wayne. Um, so, uh, yes, they, they call it the full uh, Batman and Bruce Wayne. So yeah. that's quite interesting. But I guess, you know, a person who works across both of the houses, they can have a bit of fun with that stuff. And right? of course, they're absolutely repulsed to learn that he is an actor. Mm. <laughs> Which I liked. I like that gag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, gotta, I gotta admit, I did like the kidnapping. The yeah, scenes. This was some of the the best for me, which was like going up to the kind of screen, him going no, and then them just like the, the very much what we talked about the, the chemistry between Drax and uh, Mantis was just mm-hmm. like I wonder if I you could throw me a and she yeah. literally yeah, gets yeah, exactly. I'm like just fun like it, she could have jumped herself, but it was just because you see her them jump the height of a hedge later on during mm-hmm. the chase, yeah. the two of them. I'm yeah. like, yeah, this stuff is fun. It was, then you get to see them with their, the, the candy cane and the, the toy elf ornament. Yeah. Um, kind of all this, it just all fun. Like, yes. and then it was just it, the whole lot of this. And I like, loved Kevin Bacon's reaction. It just felt really spot on. Like, as you say, just running down the road, trying to get away from his house and from them. And you just have Mantis sort of like popping up over the hedge and then you have that kind of police um, sort of battle, I guess, yeah. where Kevin has called the the police, but just Mantis putting them all to sleep, and unfortunately Drax maybe taking it a little too far. <laughs> yes, but laughing his whole way through being yeah, shot at exactly. by the police. It tickles, <laughs> <laughs> and then throwing over the car. I love uh, I love his reaction to uh, to Mantis telling him he can't come out and kill kill people, and he going well. How am I supposed to know unless you tell me the rules before you come <laughs> out? So, uh, really good. Uh, yes, this is one of the first times we've seen Mantis properly fight outside of Infinity War. Of course, we saw we saw her included in that. Uh, what do you think of her fighting scene uh, in this, Chris? I loved it. Yeah. Like, I don't know how I, I had this kind of in the back of my head that this might have been just a bit of a too much like the Star Wars holiday special, which is okay. everything's fun and game and super lovey. Yeah. And it was not going to lean any way into any action or anything. Like, Guardian Galaxy still had some quite good choreography. Yeah. 
and I was like, no, this is it. Like, this is what, like, yeah. there's the fun part. Yeah. Um, I love her incorporating and, her powers and her fighting style exactly. as well as she, as yeah, she puts definitely. everybody to sleep after she knocks them out. So yeah. st- it still feels reasonably friendly, even though they'll probably wake up with bruises uh, the following day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We don't kill! And he's just like, and then Drax flips the last car. Yes. And you're like, I'm sorry. <laughs> but at least they were okay. I got yeah. a candy cane uh, from uh, from Ma- from Mantis as well. Uh, so as, as a reward, even though they have no Is idea what he's doing. Is this a human? <laughs> Does this look like a human to you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, really good. But yes, they, they do get Kevin. We Mantis again uses her powers to... Uh, to uh, Make him want to go with them uh, on their kidnapping trail back to uh, back to nowhere, um, and on the way they pick up every single Christmas ornament that could possibly fit uh, into their ship <laughs> to bring them back. <laughs> um, and as you as you mentioned, John, uh, realize that uh, Kevin Bacon is not the savior of a of a town from dancing, and is not the person that killed Jason Voorhees. He is um, not a hero. He's not exactly. a hero. He's just an actor. All actors are heroes. And then again, it's they have to try and get him uh, through the power of Mantis's uh, ability mm. to a space where he is like that. And I loved how then, once he's brought to nowhere, um, that Peter Quill, at that moment where the huge coffin-like presence is wheeled out, <laughs> and you have Kevin going, uh, guys, uh, there's not much oxygen left. Um, you know, and Peter is like, absolutely you know his his mood changes from one of like real like happiness with all the decorations yeah. and the christmasy feel to one of like shock as kevin bacon's wheeled out but he knows immediately you know have you you know effectively hypnotized him mm-hmm. undo it now and you get then the panic of kevin bacon coming back so really it was really i just like that change i i have to say i thought kevin bacon was really good in this yeah. and it, for me um along with mantis and drax it's just really really those three actually were excellent yeah yeah they're great fun uh great fun together i love his reactions to things so you know that at that moment when uh when mantis is telling him uh you need to be a better kevin bacon without the crap uh, <laughs> and he goes i think this would annoy me normally but i'm okay with it now <laughs> exactly. that was really good uh, and it does lead to one of my favorite moments uh in the movie uh, lots of great background moments with uh with nebula um karen gillen's character and of course rocket and groot in the, yeah. back, in, in the background throughout the episode they don't get much time this is really the mantis and uh and drax uh story but I love when Kevin Bacon runs off and you hear, uh, and Peter goes, just, can you somebody get Bacon? And you hear Nebula, Nebula going, you cannot escape me, Bacon! And so, as, if she's <laughs> exactly. about, as if she's out on the hunt. Yeah. But also a great moment when they're trying to calm Kevin Bacon down and and, uh, and Rocket goes, don't worry, nobody's going to hurt you. And he goes, oh my God, it's a talking raccoon. <laughs> and Rocket jumps straight for his neck going, I'll kill you! Don't ever call me a raccoon! Uh, yeah. That was great fun. Really, really good. Really enjoyed that. For me, it was Groot. Uh, it was, I am Groot. And he goes, well, no, you were in on this. up until You wheeled out the box. <laughs> Just revisionist teenager. It's great. Absolutely. Absolutely. Should we talk quickly about Groot here? Um, this is a yeah. new version of Groot. So the first time we saw Groot, obviously grown adult. Uh, we've seen baby Groot in, uh, in, at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 1. And we've seen him grow throughout each time we've seen his appearance. Um. Now we see uh, thick Groot. I think we'd probably call him uh, now. chunky, chunky, Ch- probably yeah. chunky. Like, is he? Is it kind of like teenage years here? Is this like puppy fat bark or or something like that? Because yeah. like his face is really wide. Yes, and i I don't know whether it works for me. He's no. still he's still a full CGI character, right? But yeah, because of how they've designed him for this movie, it feels more like they've designed a costume and they have somebody inside the costume for the first time since we've seen Groot right the way back as a CGI character. This one yeah. is the one that seems like they've just got somebody in a mask. Um, which <laughs> because I, I think they weird. may have. I think yeah. they may have put someone in a suit and then just animated the, the like overall face. Yeah. And just a couple of, because it does. It feels weird because the last time we saw him as a teenager, he was a tall, lanky teenager mm-hmm. in Endgame and all that. Yeah. This is post Endgame. Yeah. Like, so, uh, and then the, actually, I'm not even actually, excuse me. The last time we saw him was Thor Love and Th- Thunder. Yes. Yeah. And he was still that lanky kind of teenage boy. Mm-hmm. So this is now either pre or post that. So either he's, 
got a bit shorter and chunkier or this is he went <laughs> chunky and then this is just before love and thunder it's just i'm trying to figure out where this is yeah. but i'm assuming i probably shouldn't think too much about it but yeah, i was just no. like i think they wanted to make him look a bit more like baby groot okay and probably that's potentially where this is it was like hey we want to make him a bit more like cute when he dances and wheels stuff out and stuff. Uh, he yeah. has that baby face. Yeah, there'll be thousands of babies howling and crying when <laughs> this version of Groot is given to them. Yeah, ah! like, I don't want that. <laughs> what is this monstrosity? <laughs> oh, that's really harsh, John. <laughs> I know. Really harsh. I, I just think it was a weird choice because it was. Of, I, I, again, I do th- still think it's a CGI character. I don't think they are using a person in a suit in the set, but it does look like that, and that mm. makes it look a bit cheap. And I've never thought of Groose as looking cheap. Um, I think they've always done a really good job with the CGI and with Rocket CGI. And in here we're introduced to another Guardian properly. This time we see uh, the return of Cosmo, uh, the dog. Another CGI character um, who I think looks fantastic. I've not, yeah, I've not seen the proper CGI dog. Before. That looked really, really good. If not, I was slightly perturbed. And I guess this is probably on par for the character that the dog reacted so well mm-hmm all everything going on around to the point it was eerie but that is a sentient sort of you know intelligent dog yeah yeah. you know so i guess yeah okay that's how i would react when you know when the dogs take over the earth um (laughs) and our our overlords Mm -hmm. that would be um the 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 craziness of it is that you know they would be absolutely fully on human level if not beyond conscious uh so yes i was slightly taken out by it because initially i didn't even think it was cgi that's how good it was yeah yeah. and then there were just a few moments where i was like oh yeah that is yeah yeah but a really good really good rendering yeah yeah, like Cosmo, they've put that She-Hulk work on her to uh, good use, I think, yes, with all Cosmo. Yes, they have. So, with while while John was talking, I just quickly checked into it. So James Gunn <laughs> yesterday on the day of release did actually tweet about this. The nickname is Swall Groot. There you go. <laughs> it is Swall Groot, and uh, Swall Groot is a hundred percent computer generated, thanks mm-hmm. to the fine folks at Framestore and Weta Digital. There you go. Oh my God! And he Swall is Groot. Swall Groot, and he is post the 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 young adolescent Groot, mm-hmm. uh, i.e. the teenager that we've seen previously, and he is getting bigger outward as well as upward. Yeah, it's, so it's the puppy fat. It's that moment where all of a, all of a sudden, um, yeah, okay, grand Swall Groot. So, there we are, Swall Groot. <laughs> yes, Derek. Okay, <laughs> laugh it up, fuzzball, etc., oh. etc. Et that happened to me as well for it sure, does. and there is picture evidence of it which i am destroying one photograph at a time if you get their hands on them i've got loads of <laughs> photographs of you like that john um, i know yeah. i was swall john <laughs> <laughs> let's get back to the end uh, ending of the movie because we do need to talk quickly about how it all finishes up kevin bacon is allowed to go home um he uh, peter is sending him home with craglin on the on the bowie but he does decide to stay yes. after craglin kind of explains why he was kidnapped taken mm. thousands of light years away from his family yeah. effectively mind controlled um you know we're playing this off as laughs but yeah. uh he'd probably have ptsd if it wasn't for craglin's um sort of soothing words giving mm-hmm. the rationale of his abduction yeah. uh, and kidnapping to effectively a skull-shaped sort of planet Mm -hmm. um, with talking raccoons, talking trees, talking dogs, you name it. So, yes, I think Kevin Bacon took this on the chin quite well. Absolutely. And I thought his, uh, you know, to pull himself together so well after that ordeal, Mm -hmm. uh, to sing uh, the song along with the old 97s Mm -hmm. was really good. I was like going... I don't know how much auto tune possibly was involved. I was, no. like, he's got a good, <laughs> I was like, he's got a good voice. Well know, done, Kevin. Kevin, Kevin Bacon's yeah. well known for his singing uh, as well. Something yeah. about Kevin. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's his voice. That's that's all real. It's real. <laughs> <laughs> that's what they all say. <laughs> well, it wasn't it wasn't sure auto tune at yes, least. Yes, exactly. Um, to, I, to yeah, that level, exactly. and of course, it, you know, it was done to 
you know, it was kind of the the overarching loveliness with this song uh, to all the Christmas gift giving Absolutely. that was going around. One thing I will say, though, if you're watching this, if you didn't watch it with subtitles, uh, turn the subtitles off before the song because it absolutely ruins the song. It, the lyrics are not great. <laughs> the lyrics are really distractingly bad about, <laughs> about people needing hugs and snuggles for Christmas. And they... that's all people want is hugs and snuggles at Christmas. It's not a very good song. But Derek, they do. Everybody does want hugs and snuggles for Christmas. Snuggles. I just don't need a song about it. Yes, uh, no one all. needs a song about hugs and snuggles. <laughs> what we need is bar humbugs, Grinches... Pieces of coal. Exactly. I did not say that. We need Christmas time. Murderous toys for all the boys and girls. The the Krampus coming down the chimney, definitely. Mm. But we get the gifts here. Yes. Coming back to loveliness. And so we have uh, the Game Boy for Groot. Again, one of my favorite ones was Bucky's Arm for Rocket from Nebula, which was just superb. He's always wanted it. He's obsessed about it. Seen it all in the past. Really loved that Rocket got his arm. But how did she get it? Did she take it from <laughs> the Dora Milaje? Did they take his arm back in? They, in, they uh, did. He got, Soldier? he got a new arm. Yes. Yes. So she this got... is this is the new arm though. This no. is the new one from Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's the blue arm. It's the blue no, it yellow just, arm. No, it was just silver. Are we sure? Yeah. Oh, sorry, vibranium. <laughs> Silver. It arm. was just stainless steel. I mean, vibranium. <laughs> That's it. It's not even the real arm. Actually, she just photo- she photocopied it. It was like, papier mâché <laughs> with a silver spray finish. I like the idea that she did take his old arm, and that that would explain how she was able to get it. Not that poor Bucky's walking around um, after being attacked by Nebula to rip off his arm. See, I prefer that. <laughs> okay. Which is the next time we see it, he's on another arm. He goes, "Yeah, this blue chick came." up and like, <laughs> sucker punch me <laughs> and he's just like that's the fun part he'd be like just a like, dropped line somewhere in one of the next ones uh, um i, I know I, I did slightly criticize the choice of cgi for uh for Grouch, um but i have to say how they used it in the moment where he gets his game boy i don't know i've had that reaction when i got a console for a birthday or for for christmas in the past I think they really did style that so well for Groot when he gets his hands on a Game Boy. We've always seen him doing handheld gaming in the past. We know this is something that he loves. And for Peter to remember it and give him a cool gift like a Game Boy and just the reaction of the character, I thought worked really well. And that, just that little moment, you can see real joy uh, from yeah. Groot. It's cool. Yeah, I, I love it. And the craziest thing is that Nintendo allowed that. I suppose when you're Disney, you're Disney. You get away with it. But like Nintendo are notorious for not allowing their their properties, be it like, or even the consoles on TV and all those types of things. Right. Um, like, notorious for it. So here they got it. I was like, ooh. Nowadays, it feels like uh, you're suddenly hitting an audience of a couple of hundred million kids who are going to be going, ooh, what's that that Groot has? Exactly. Maybe I'll see if I can root out yeah, my yeah. Game Boy <laughs> or, yeah. or my dad's Game Boy or whatever it may be. Um, and then we have the weird inception moment where Groot has created uh, <laughs> gifts for all the rest of the, uh, no. the Guardians including sculptures of the original discussion at the beginning of the episode the chase den of Kevin Bacon from from Drax and, uh, and Mantis which you can't possibly have seen of course but may of course have had the story when he came back and then the most amazing um, inception moment where he gives a, <laughs> a sculpture to Craglin of Craglin looking at the sculpture of Craglin looking at a sculpture of <laughs> yeah, Craglin looking at the sculpture exactly. which was fantastic <laughs> to, to be yeah. honest I and the, the weird thing was though as these came out I just thought of the stations of the cross <laughs> or something <laughs> I was like oh my god this is like the new religion is they going to be kind of be it was just like what is going on here how weird how oh, has Groot done brilliant. this <laughs> um, I was like jeebus yeah but uh, anyway look the real end ultimately mm-hmm. of this Christmas uh, past was that um, when Mantis explains to Peter that um, she's his sister mm-hmm. it's all you know Lovey dovey, because she's ever. been she's yeah. been kind of anxious and afraid about it because mm-hmm. she felt that every time Peter looked at her, it would remind him of ego and mm-hmm. everything that happened around his mother and so on. So uh, this was really nice, you know, the idea that that's all he wanted for Christmas. He's got this companion, you know, yeah. he's lost his father, not a great father in ego, but mm-hmm. lost his mother, 
lost Gamora but has gained his sister. So that was the kind of you know the 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 Christmas end here. But also Peter just explaining that Yondu in the end did understand Christmas. You know yes. th- that softy uh, part of Yondu uh, mm-hmm. where he gets his little toy, and I love the fact that it's his um his present to Peter are his two uh lasers his guns um which was really good it does make sense for someone like yondu to give someone uh in their teenage years a set of guns yeah. for christmas as their gift yes yes <laughs> definitely mary, mary poppins eat your heart out <laughs> merry christmas to one and all uh yes um so yeah nice little moment well, uh, to close that out yeah i mean mary poppins ultimately gave a lot of sugar to children yes, as well to help the medicine and uh, whatever yeah. that was go down so um yeah it's kind of the same spirit really <laughs> just different <laughs> <laughs> and it should have left you in the Christmas spirit at that kind of closeout. But we have one more thing to talk about. Um, I know this is a comedy movie. I know it's only 45 minutes. A little special, mostly about Mantis and Drax and, and you know, the the fish out of water idea of them on Earth, Kevin Bacon on the planet. But there are some little details in here that connect us into the next Guardians of the Galaxy. Some changes to the Guardians that I just, just want to talk about here. Um, some little things that you can pick up. Again, this is done by the same director and writer with all the same cast yep. leading up to the movie. It's part of the MCU. So uh, so all of these things, I think, are uh, just interesting to talk about. There was a little comment right at the opening that they've now bought nowhere. Yep. So the Guardians being this group of people that travel around the galaxy fighting off bad guys to save the universe or just to make a lot of money, uh, which is really their purpose, um, they now have a base, a home base, where they now own nowhere they've bought it from the collector that's kind of interesting uh starting to this did they yeah. buy it though i yeah. didn't catch that okay because i was just thinking they oh if they did they certainly had the upper hand in the negotiations probably yeah although no. the collector's a pretty well-versed person in negotiations as well he's got I would his, say own, so. his own uh, way of dealing with them yeah no and this is cool this is like they they have their local base now and that's yeah. a rebel base in fact or, or, if you will Maybe. Uh, it's a, and again a giant celestial head yeah and we have seen the celestials again already the last time was in the eternals so we know that one of their heads is just floating and being yeah. used as a base for the guardians yeah that could be really interesting if we see one of the celestials uh Discovering one of their mates' heads uh, being used <laughs> yeah. as someone's home. Yeah, might not, might not get out too well. Could be good. The uh, other one as well is that we've mentioned is that Mantis and Quill are brother and sister, mm-hmm. which um, I guess it'd be interesting for that dynamic between them. Um, you know, for me, Mantis, the dynamic with Drax has always been the thing I've loved. Yeah. Um, those two. Uh, but now, you know, there's this in a sense, a bit more serious relationship, that serious side of Guardians movies um, here in terms of them being brother and sister, potentially. I mean, we don't know, but certainly they are brother and sister. It's certainly a big change, uh, definitely. We we also mentioned Cosmo now being part of the Guardians. Um, You know, we we saw Cosmo uh, in the past, but this is the first time we've really seen her um, as a character on screen, uh, really interacting with the rest of the team and has a great... Uh, back and forth with uh, with Rocket, I think. I think yeah. they work quite well together. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Groot being Swall now. Yes. Yes, yes exactly. Swall Groot. I love exactly. Swall Groot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> one other one uh, I wanted to mention. Um, they call out the ship here is called the Bowie. Um, they've had a number of ships over the years. Uh, the Milano was the first ship that we met Peter Quill on. Um, then they had the Benatar, which was in the Avengers movies. Um, and now this new ship is the Bowie. So uh, so they've had a couple of ships over the year. But this is this is a new ship. I think this is the first time we've seen the Bowie. As far as I remember, it was still the Benatar when Thor was with them. Um, yeah. back, in, back in Thor Love and Thunder. And now they've got another new ship. Uh, obviously yeah. named after David Bowie, of course. But, exactly. Yeah. But it's also a different design to the other yeah. design. So... Didn't really feel I got one of those great wide shots mm. of it, but I mean, because with the Benatar and the Milano, I just loved the design of those. Yeah. That kind of idea of it looking like a bird. Mm-hmm. Um, this didn't, at least from first glance, yeah. within the special, but um, be good to see it, it fully uh, in Volume Three. Absolutely, absolutely. Only other note I had um, to talk about really quickly is just when when they were going round uh, the. Uh, cosplayers in Hollywood, there was a gold-painted living statue um, that was standing in the street. I, I really hoped that was a reference to uh, to uh, Crawley from Moon Knight, uh, but no, different actor, yeah. uh, quite a well-known actor in the in the uh, in the suit there. But it would have been great if they brought back Crowley 
uh, from Moon Knight just for that moment um, so we can have a little connection between the two. And it also answers the really stupid question that we asked when we were covering Moon Knight uh, yeah. about whether Americans would know what a living statue was. <laughs> but oh, yeah. of course, there are living statues all across America in big cities. Uh, so they have shown it here in, uh, yes. in this special. And yeah. especially on uh, Hollywood Boulevard, especially on Sunset Strip, and especially yeah. uh, beside the Chinese Theatre. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Anything else you guys want to call out from uh, from the special? No, nothing for me. The, the final one for me is we're probably going to get a second one. Maybe. Um, so, well, yeah. maybe, because we do get that very short post-credit where Groot is the Christmas tree, Rocket and Cosmo are putting Christmas tree lights all over him, and he kind of drops everything because he drops his arms, and the line is, now we need another special. Um, so mm-hmm. it is that going to be we probably will next year the year after get a second one or a third one um, maybe next year we get another one and that's the follow up to Guardian Galaxy Volume 3 mm, maybe the f- farewell to the ga- yeah. Guardians maybe yeah. maybe um, I mean not to sound grinchy here for me and I don't want to be on a big downer right okay, at the end so of we'll our holiday <laughs> special but I was like oh no okay but I mean you know and I did like this but I, I was just wondering, like, is there a need for another one? At least put it closer to Christmas, I think. Well, that pretty much leads us directly on <laughs> to the last bit that we always have on all of our podcasts. John, let's start with you, <laughs> since I think I can guess where we're going. Do you defend this Marvel Holiday Special? I, I do defend the Marvel Holiday Special. I'd give it um three crispy bacons out of five. <laughs> um, For me... Uh, like, I did, I really enjoyed elements of this. I just possibly wasn't in the seasonal spirit. And so yeah. some of the stuff felt a little flat. Um, I didn't really think it was as funny as the movies um, in terms of what they played around. I mean, when they got it right, like with Rocket getting the Winter Soldier arm, mm-hmm. with, you know, the banter between Drax and Mantis and Kevin Bacon, I really enjoyed that element of yeah. it. Um, but... In a sense, uh, I, you know, I like the, the, the stuff that's hopefully bit going to be that set up with Volume 3 around Swole Groot and so on. Um, and the brother and sister uh, dynamic between uh, Mantis and Peter Quill. Mm-hmm. So that that's all really interesting. I, I guess it was just... It was November, lads. It was November. Um, you know, I could see being in your turkey coma after uh, after Thanksgiving and enjoying this. So I, I, can. I can see why it works very well for an American yeah. audience, but it is one hundred percent not a holiday special. It's a Christmas special, which yes. should be coming out the week of Christmas, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is no allusion to any other holidays, even even alien holidays. This is absolutely about Christmas trees and Santa. Uh, that needs mm-hmm. to be the week before Christmas. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, I I do defend this. Um. I guess it just took me at, at the wrong time, really. Um, and I loved seeing Cosmo being in there as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So, you know, both in terms of, again, looking forward to seeing the rapport of Rocket and Cosmo because I enjoyed mm-hmm. that as well. And Nebula's little, you know, snidey uh off off camera remarks as well were just really nice. So a lot of this I did like, um, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but yeah, I I guess it wasn't necessary. I maybe I just wasn't in the mood for it because I know just even talking about it now I feel a lot better about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think yeah, three crispy bacon's out of five. Excellent, eight. excellent. I meant to come back to Karen Gillan as uh, as Nebula, but you've said it very well. I think uh, every time she was on screen, she really is embodying that character <laughs> yeah. so well. She now like I think the first movie she was quite a background character in in the movie the first time we met the character, but now all these years on. Karen Gillan does such a good job in that role. Just just takes a line and you're right back with her again. Really good. Uh, Chris, how about yourself? Do you defend this Marvel holiday special? Absolutely. I loved it. Um it, it was fun. My my only my only piece with it is the 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 release time. Um if this schedule if they had to release this in closer to Christmas, actual Christmas Day, uh, or Christmas Eve or the week of Christmas or something like that, I think I would have been in greater mood. I would have been ready for it. I would have been in the holiday spirit, all that. I think maybe some of those people in the, the US who are kind of kind of Thanksgiving, it's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. That type <laughs> to of quote thing. The song, yeah. uh, uh, then I think potentially then it would kind of hit a lot more. 
for me, like, I just got over Halloween. Like, I'm still in the, oh, it's November. In about two, three weeks, it's going to be Christmas, week before Christmas, and I'll be in the mood. Um, so it's that type of thing, I think. Yeah. But overall, it's a fun 40-minute kind of in-and-out storyline with, like we said, drops a few things, fun things about the actual Guardians, about where we're going, um, and sets up potential for more. And it's just, it's the Guardians Galaxy. I like some of their humour. Like, that's the thing. But I think perhaps the biggest plus to this whole thing is Drax and Mantis and the 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 chemistry that we get to see, extra chemistry we get between them and the focus there on them. I think that's obviously the, the key aspect. Yeah, absolutely agree, Chris. Yeah, this is a, it's a lot of fun, and uh, I, I can see why um, having uh, Drax and Mantis here. I think they they work really really well. See why yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. But Derek, what what do you think? Do you defend this this episode or this special? I should say. Uh, yes, I do. I, I think it was quite enjoyable, actually. Um, didn't really have to say it's welcome. It's it's a little lighter than I thought it was going to be. You know, the, it, it occasionally feels like they're filming on the sets for for uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 and uh, the lighting's not exactly right, so it doesn't feel like that kind of heavy production of the movies. Have to say, sorry to call him out, but I do think Chris Pratt looks like he's very tired from the filming of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 rather than he's acting like he's lost uh, Gamora. Um, I feel like he's <laughs> he's really phoning it in throughout this movie, which is fine. He's only on, on screen for a couple of times. Um, I just don't think he's he is acting uh, as well as he has in other, uh, in other projects in the past. Uh, this is all about Dave Bautista, Pom uh, Clementiev. Uh, the two of them are so great on screen together. I would st- their makeup jobs per day is like three or four hours, isn't it, <laughs> to get yeah. themselves prepared yeah. for this? There's lots of CGI in Mantis's uh, in Mantis's um, antennae as well. So there's a lot of work to put these characters on screen, and I think they worked very well together and really brought us to life. Really brought really made this something different and something fun. And Kevin Bacon was great for yeah, absolutely uh, having it on screen. We see Kevin Bacon quite a lot over here because he does the uh, the adverts for a, a, a popular mobile company uh, in the UK. So we see him on screen quite a lot uh so it was nice to see him back in a big uh, big budget movie uh, in this in this way and he's uh he's just got a lot of personality and a lot of charisma about him so yeah uh, kind of see why someone wants him yeah. to be transported across the galaxy yeah definitely yeah it does make me really want to rewatch hollow man though because i just oh, yeah, forgot yeah. much how much i loved him in that yeah and he was just such a psycho crazy man great <laughs> in that yeah yeah interesting choice and speaking of Hollow Man, um, I guess I'm the Grinch for Christmas from <laughs> uh, the three of us for this. But I still, you know, I still did enjoy it. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. yeah, I would. I wouldn't be unhappy if I had to watch it um, in another year's time. I wouldn't be unhappy having no, to watch exactly. it uh, at yeah. another time. I did watch it twice for this uh, for this chat. Um, I think that's enough for this Christmas. I'll I'll hold off for another year. Exactly. <laughs> Good exactly. stuff. Let's get on to some feedback from our fellow defenders. Uh, we have heard a little bit of feedback since the episode released uh, yesterday on uh, on Disney Plus. First up, we got an email in from Coffee and Vodka. He says, greetings, fellow Candy Cane Defenders. To be honest, this had a couple of personal strikes against it before it started, those being the slow trickle of items which have caused Chris Pratt to be my least favourite Chris and my views on holidays. Too much information aside, this special presentation played like an old-fashioned 80s sitcom, very special episode with some nice sardonic and occasionally twisted notes. Sweet Mantis has been given layers, including a complete set of emotional expressions and tones, as well as creepiness. The way she bounced through Kevin... Bacon's home was wonderfully horrific. Drax's continued disregard for life and finding joy in the oddest of things and places was as welcome as ever, and Nebula's gift to Rocket put the special into special presentation. Groot looked like a man in a rubber suit with a CGI face, though, (laughs) while Peter felt very phoned in. As for Kevin Bacon, he was fine. Flat, crisp, and a good part of this healthy holiday special. So yeah, this happened. Two and a half meh re-Christmases out of five. (laughs) Peace and take care. Coffee and vodka. Excellent coffee and vodka. Um, I feel we are um, 
sort of on the same wavelength. Kindred Christmas spirits, I guess. <laughs> and thank you, Coffee and Vodka. Good to know that I, I am above Chris Pratt in your <laughs> listing of Chris's. I'm not sure where I am in that under Chris Evans and all of the other Chris's. Oh, don't put yourself on that level, Chris. No, okay. So I am, I'm at least above yes. Chris yes, exactly. Pratt. Just look at the positive, Chris. Look yes, at the positive. Exactly. Um, I will be sending out my piece of coal to you, Coffee and Vodka. <laughs> um, a really good call out there for from uh, from Coffee Vodka on uh, on that moment where Mantis is jumping around uh, Kevin Bacon's house, yeah, absolutely yes. fantastically done, and it does look really scary. You can imagine it without the Christmas music underneath, and with um, it might feel more akin to uh, to Friday the Thirteenth, uh, which I yeah. think Voorhees. Hundred <laughs> percent. There you go. Some more thoughts in from our fellow defenders uh, over on Facebook. Uh, first up, Donald Dennis says, "I really love the Kevin Bacon song." Yeah, me too. I thought it was it sounded pretty good. Mm. Kale Hensley said. It was delightful. There you go. Indeed. Finally, we also got some feedback from Dr. Bob Phillips, who said, completely ridiculous, frenetic and irreverent, making light of abductions, <laughs> actors, tequila and siblinghood. I loved it. It delivered all of the goof of the films with a splash of quite perfect original music and oodles of Xmas film schmaltz. Exactly. Thank you, Dr. Bob. Yeah, no, the making light of abductions is always fun. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and, you know, closer to Halloween than Christmas, I guess. <laughs> so which holiday <laughs> is it? Well, yes, I suppose it's because we don't have that Thanksgiving holiday in yeah, between the definitely. two. That's probably what's, uh, what makes us feel like we're still around Halloween. And also, we like Halloween uh, quite a lot more. So... That is a good place to end uh, our coverage of the Guard of the Galaxy holiday special with one final question. This is the second of our Marvel special presentations this year. We never had one before this year. So which do you prefer, the Halloween special presentation or the holidays special well, we'll presentation? Yeah, werewolf by night. <laughs> I'm pretty sure all of us yeah. are like, werewolf by night. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it was just, it was more... It was just more uh, in, in the in the acting in the the CGI and the, the everything. Yeah. Um. Even had a, what I would take as one or two better jokes, and Man Thing just being Man Thing in that, mm-hmm. like in, in yeah. comparison to say Rocket or Swall Groot, like yeah. they're just slightly better, totally CGI to actors. Yeah. Look, and I mean, I get it. It makes sense for Guardians of the Galaxy to be in this based on 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 their um their movies because I I love. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy movies um, I really have done I'm just like with the kind of cameo in Love and Thunder and now with this it it feel I, I just hope they don't just chuck them in for these kind of things because um, I, I guess in Love and Thunder I think we mentioned it you know it, it didn't feel like them again even like with Chris Pratt I mean I know he's suffering um for the loss of Gamora and so on but you know i i would kind of take on board like you know some of the the comments and the discussion points about mm-hmm. him, him just looking flat in this whether mm-hmm. like you know he maybe he's just not the same chris pratt as remember him from parks and rec and the first few movies given i guess a lot of baggage that's happening but i it's just i i hope I don't know whether cheapening the Guardians of the Galaxy is the right word, but, you know, I really like these characters. And sometimes when they're just thrown into various different things, Mm. you know, the thing with Werewolf by Night is that it was that new thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Here, I know they're playing it for laughs. I know there's that comedic element anyway in the movies, but I just didn't almost feel as though it was funny as the movies yeah. you know yeah. and so look i just hope they don't overuse them in things like this yeah yeah no. and i'll have to say i'll be i'll be the first to admit um werewolf by night we are the target audience for that 100 percent. Mm. people like us who like those types of exactly. movies this is the marvel version of that have you guys ever by choice watched a christmas movie um except when you're really getting ready for Christmas and someone makes you watch one, you'll sit down and watch one. How often have you sat down and watched yeah. a traditional Christmas movie with a, a hearty, happy centre to it? Uh, it's usually something like Gremlins. Isn't yeah, it? exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I was about to say. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're not the target audience for this. I'm Definitely. sure that families are going to uh, gather around this at Christmas and enjoy it um, in the future. 
So yeah, definitely yeah. good stuff. Thanks so much for joining us, fellow defenders. Uh, we hope you enjoyed uh, Guardians of the Galaxy: The Holiday Special, and hope you enjoyed our chat all about it as well. Great to have you back with us, Chris, uh, for this episode. Um, Willow is coming out with its first three episodes next week on Disney+. Plus. We've talked about this and we're recommending it to uh, to all of our fellow defenders to go yes. and check it out. Uh, we've watched the first few episodes, uh, quite a few actually, um, most of the first season. Uh, it is well worth watching. Uh, go check it out. Uh, next up though, we will definitely be doing our end of year wrap up as we always do uh, covering all the shows that we've talked about this year, looking forward to 2023, all the stuff that's going to be coming up. Uh, we know for sure Star Wars The Bad Batch is returning in January, I think January 15th. Uh, the final season of Picard is going to be coming back in February. And in the Marvel world, mm. Nick Fury and Maria Hill will be coming back in Secret Invasion uh, to Disney Plus, so uh, so yes. looking forward to that. I don't, we don't really know the the release dates for any of the Marvel Disney shows. Only the movies. We know Guardians of the Galaxy is coming out in May fifth uh, next year, but we don't know any of the release dates of the Disney Plus shows. But you can be assured, we will definitely be talking about them here. Yes, so you have uh, Ant Man and Quantumania uh, in uh, February, mm-hmm. and the current rumor is that Secret Invasion goes live in March. Okay, that is from the leaks that happened in the last two days. Um, that apparently this well-known leaker within the entertainment industry um, has, who has a good track record, leaked a number of release dates uh, for all the Marvel activities. And they're obviously, they change. He was like, but as of right now, February, we've got um, uh, Ant-Man and Quantumania, and then you've got um, Secret Invasion that kicks off in March that runs for uh, six weeks. He should really get that looked at, shouldn't he? being a well-known leaker is not a good thing (laughs) um and and that's obviously the reason why i missed it i usually only uh only looked at the look at the official release dates uh for for this stuff so that would work out great wouldn't it then we'd have the bad batch in january picard in february and uh and uh secret invasion in march uh that would be that would work out really well for us Uh, but catch up with us when we're talking about our our wrap-up yeah definitely good stuff thanks so much for joining us talk to you again next time thank you so much and we'll speak soon bye yeah, thanks, fellow defenders, for joining us uh, for the holiday special. We'll be back with you again soon, of course. But in the meantime, keep watching, keep listening, and keep defending. Happy holidays. Bye. Bye, Humbug. Bye. Come on, Groot! Groot ruined Christmas again. Now we gotta have another special.